and welcome to Hopeful Conversations brought to you by Robbie's Hope Foundation. I am your host, Kari Eckert. Joining me today is Annalise and Zoe, two seniors attending Westfield High School in Westfield, Indiana. Annalise and Zoe are the co-founders and co-presidents of the Robbie's Hope Club at their high school, which is our most active club and largest club in terms of member size. The club was established in 2021, and to date, you has raised roughly $30,000 in their community. Today, we will be discussing Annalise and Zoe's experience with the Robbie's Hope Club over the past few years and how it became so successful. Annalise and Zoe, thank you so much for joining me today on Hopeful Conversations. Thank you for having us. Yes, yeah. thank you. Happy to be here. Was that accurate, 2021? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it feel like a long time ago? Yeah, yeah it started yeah. to feel like a long time ago. Yeah. Closer to the end of the year now, so. Yeah, as seniors. I know. So by now you have created a sensational club surrounding Robbie's Hope with a lot of students at Westfield High School, but you had to start somewhere. Can you tell us how you started Robbie's Hope in Westfield? Yeah, so kind of like you touched on, we started our club our sophomore year of high school. We kind of talked about it our freshman year a little bit, and that's when we became ambassadors. But towards the very end, we that's when we really decided, you know, hey, our club doesn't have a mental health awareness club, and both Zoe and I know so many of our peers who have struggled with their mental health. So we wanted to help bring change and start our own club, which is what we did our sophomore year. And we gathered some of our friends, started our club hosting monthly core meetings, which core is when you can move around in the school to different clubs or teachers or things like that. And um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a really great experience. So obviously our freshman year of high school for Annalisa and I was like the 2020 to 2021 school year. So it was like what our school did was hybrid. So we didn't go to school. We didn't do in-person school every day. So we weren't able to quite grow our club in a physical front as much that year. So then like Annalise touched on, our sophomore year, we were finally able to start having those in-person club meetings and kind of talk about our message a little bit more. So that was how we kind of got it really up and running our sophomore year of high school. Yeah, kind of hard to do hybrid and virtually. <laughs> um, core is during the day? Yeah, it's like a study hall. So it's kind of like this 30, 35 minute period where you can go to different clubs, different teachers, different kind of enrichment sessions. It's kind of like a move around like class period. Did you think that was a good idea to meet during the day to give students, like, it, make it easier for them to attend versus doing something after school? Is that what you would recommend to others? Yes. 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 Especially for, like, students who don't have transportation and things like that, it makes it a lot easier. Accessibility. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Okay. Um, so what did you, like, what did you do? Like, how did you, like, what did, what did it look like at the very beginning? Yeah, so during that kind of sophomore year, freshman year period, we did a lot of stuff on social media, like our Instagram was how we kind of grew a lot of like community support. So we did a lot of like awareness posts, posts about events that we were doing in the school, just so like more people could start to recognize the name of our club and the Robbie's Hope organization. So then eventually they would be able to come when we did in-person meetings and they would already have kind of an understanding of what our message was. Yeah, and like Zoe and I touched on a little bit earlier, you know, it started out um, pretty casual, just kind of our monthly 
meetings where we would kind of talk about different ways you can handle your mental health or coping, like healthy coping mechanisms, things like that. And we always had incentives to come, whether it was candy, games, or things like that. Um, really just trying to bring a sense of community within our club and kind of get everyone connected. And over time, you know, we started to gain more traction, whether that was over social media or within our club meetings. And that year in the fall, our school kind of asked us to help out with our Save a Life Walk, which they put on every year. And so that was kind of the first year we got involved with that. And then after that year, we really got involved and started planning it on our own. And now it's a um, it's completely a Westfield Robbie's Hope Club event. And so like, was that, it's hard to like explain, but was that, did that draw kids? Do you think like it, because kids saw that other kids were involved? Yeah, I think it was a good point to kind of get like different types and different groups of people involved in our event. And then kind of like I touched on earlier, like recognize our name and see all the cool things that we were doing throughout the year. So then that support was kind of able to build throughout the whole like school year. Annalise, you used the word casual at the beginning. Like, do you feel like you made a change and made it more structured and had a more like an agenda and more as your meetings, as you progressed as a club? Definitely. It, yes. It started out really just hanging out with one another, learning a little bit here and there, playing some games. But now with our club meetings, we have a lot more people. We started with like 15, 20 people maybe every month, but now we have like 60 people every month. And that's like at the cap where we can't have any more students. So we usually cap out every month on how many we're allowed to have in our meetings. And, but now we have an agenda every month, whether it's updates or things going on or things for students to work on and help us with or different things like that. You have a cap. That's interesting. <laughs> Was that put on by the, like the school made the cap? Yeah, it's yeah. like an ad. It, it's th some. It's a thing that's set in place by our administrator, just so they administrative like program, so that they can kind of monitor like how many students are in a specific area, and they're able to kind of monitor and make sure that everyone's safe and doing what they're supposed to. Especially since we're such a large school, so. it would probably be hard to have more people, wouldn't it? Or no? Yeah. Do you, yeah. as a club, like how would you everybody even know each other and feel that community that you've been able to establish? Huh, that's I I didn't know you have a cap. Well, good. Good for you to be at your cap. Like that that people want to be a part of your club. Can you tell me about the like the structure of your club? Like you cuz I know you guys have like officers and stuff and I feel like that has really helped you as a club. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and explain kind of a little bit about how the like member system in our club works right now. So we have, I think it's at five executives. So those are kind of whether that be the co-founders or people who joined really early on in the Robbie's Hope Club, like at WHS process, and that they know kind of the ins and out of the whole club. And then each year we have, I think it's two to four interns that we work with who are like usually underclassmen who are kind of able to kind of work under our wing and kind of get to know the process of running a club at the school. And then each year we try to have another intern that's an incoming freshman who's like new to the school and wants to get involved in another club so we kind of try to have that and then below the people who are actually working on the meetings we have all of our members so yes and like Zoe touched on for people who want to start Robbie's Hope Clubs at their school um, 
if they're in if they're upperclassmen, it's so important to have those underclassmen working with you and learning so that when you graduate, you have people to keep it going and keep it running. And then during our actual club meetings, structure wise, we usually do like a welcome bit, um, talk about what's going on in our club, whether that was past events we had going on or future events going on. Um, we do some type of awareness event or some type of awareness piece depending on the month. So if it's like Depression Awareness Month, then we'll be talking about that, how you can cope with depression, how you can get help, resources, things like that. Our school also does monthly themes. So like for um, November, it's Gratitude Month. So we'll talk about gratitude, uh, maybe write thank you cards to our teachers or something like that. Um, if we're not doing that, then we might do some type of game just to kind of get everyone connected again. And then we usually have something for everyone to work on or brainstorm or even just kind of create ideas for things for us to do. You still have to give an incentive to people to come or are people coming because they want to usually be Usually we do. Yeah, usually, usually we get some kind of incentive. So like last last meeting we brought in um, a bunch of dozens of like Dunkin' Donuts. We had a bunch of those for people to share at the end of the meeting. So we usually Donuts? do that. It's popular with like a lot of clubs in our school to have some kind of little snack for the students. So some of that stuff takes money. How have you, and you, $30,000, how did you tackle the money issue? Um, we really try not to spend our that money on that stuff. We mostly use our own. Um, but with our actual money that we've raised, I know some of the things we put in or use that money for is we gave some back to St. Vincent for they have a fund going. So if there's a student who wants to meet with our school psychologist and can't afford it or their insurance can't afford it, then we give some money so we can help pay for those students to um, receive that care. Um, we always send some back to you guys because we love you and we ultimately, none of this would be happening without you guys. And then we always try to keep funds for our next annual gala too. So we can keep that event going as well. How does that feel to be helping the student like at your school receive therapy? Like that is phenomenal as seniors in high school and freshmen in high school raising funds like that what does that feel like I think it's, it's a really beautiful thing and like it's really special to me because it's something that like will serve and help other people but it's not anything that like our face is attached to and like I don't know the student that it's going to like I could see someone in the hallway and be like oh it could be helping them or it could be helping someone else like I'm helping anyone and everyone who needs it so how is this like stigma reducing? I would imagine that's happened at Westfield High School too, surrounding mental health. Do you feel like you've made a change there as a club? I think so. I think we've definitely battled the stigma of it's okay not to be okay. I think a lot of students are more comfortable with the topic now. What we're battling right now is, yes, it's okay to not be okay, but it's also okay to get help and use your resources. Yeah. What about like the culture of teachers? Like how, what's the response of the adults at school to Robbie's Hope Club? I think we've generally gathered a pretty like positive kind of attitude towards support. We've had several different like amazing club sponsors who are able to connect us with other adults outside of the school and our admin network. So we've had a few different really amazing sponsors that have been able to help us throughout our different years. 
And what kinds of, I noticed that you're doing things outside of Westfield now, like, well, you kind of always have share with me some of how, what that looks like. Um, our biggest project we're working on right now is to allow mental health excuse absences in schools across Indiana. So uh, you actually inspired us to do this last time we kind of talked. But recently we went down to the Indianapolis State House and it was Senator J.D. Ford because he's currently working on a bill for mental health excuse absences. And so we kind of talked about his bill, how we can improve it, um, things to add, things to change. Um, and we also met with our school superintendent who might potentially be helping us set up a meeting with the state superintendent and possibly a couple other senators, which is um, mind-blowing and really cool. And then, um, of course, earlier this year, we got to meet Dr. Jill Biden, which was incredible and amazing opportunity. And it was very cool. Tell me more about meeting Dr. Jill Biden. I <laughs> Very cool. I mean, it's still just, like, not real. Like... When people ask me about it, I'm like, oh, I like that happened. But basically, I want to say, so she came on a Wednesday. That Friday before, I was having a meeting with some of our other execs our and our club sponsors and then a couple other community members or our admin. And we were talking about I think, the Save a Life Walk, maybe doing a little bit of our gala planning ahead of time. And at the very end of the meeting, um, one of our administrators kind of goes like, hey, someone really big is coming Wednesday, but we can't tell you who it is. And we we're all like, what? Like, someone big? Like, we thought maybe, oh, maybe like some local news stations coming to do something. Like, that's really cool. Like, that's exciting. But like, we weren't allowed to know, which was weird. And then that Saturday morning, I received a text from the administrator saying, you know, hey, Annalise, I've been clear to tell you um, the first lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden, is coming to your school. I was like, what? And I just remember, like, texting Zoe and texting everyone, like, guys, you're not going to believe who's coming. Um, but there were a lot of preparation, lots of meetings we had to attend with the White House via Zoom and things like that to get ready for it. And then, have, like, officially meeting her and talking about our story in our club was really special. One of my actual, like, favorite parts of it was, so there were, there were two parts. One where we kind of got to have, like, one-on-one -on -one conversations with her without the press alone. And then with the press and the panel and all of that. And I think when we were alone in the room with her, it was really special because she was just there to listen to us and listen to what we have to say and you know, I was sitting there listening to all of my club members share their stories and share their experiences with mental health, and it was just so special and so moving. I think it's just something I'm going to, like, cherish for the rest of my life. Do you have anything to add? What memories uh, do you have, Zoe? I would say just to tag on to what Annalise said, it was, like, really an incredible, like, kind of mind-blowing experience to be able to say that, like, the Surgeon General of the United States and the First Lady were, like, coming to my school to listen to, like my story and my club member's story and something that like Annalise and I got off the ground almost three years ago, which is crazy to think that like it's gotten us this far and it's like garnered this much even national attention has been really special to see. Like 
my work or work come to fruition. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had the pleasure of being there in that room as well. And I can tell you that when Dr. Biden came back to the press and to like the more of that kind of press conferency after sitting with all of you privately and listening to you, you had a very large impact on her. You could tell that she was very like, she heard you and she understood and I could see like her her as a human just it was very impactful so I'm super proud of all of you for the work that you've done in Westfield and how it's impacted larger than Westfield like it's very very cool tell me about some of the other events that you've done because I know you've like spoke at conferences what how what's that like yeah, so one of, the, one of the other events that we've been able to speak at the last couple years is the Indiana Whole Child Summit. And so the Indiana Whole Child Summit is an event that kind of garners like different uh, teachers, Indiana's top psychologists, administrators, principals, people like that. And they all come to a meeting space where they get to learn from different like medical experts, professionals, and they all kind of talk about teen mental health and there's different panels and keynote speakers and so the first year we were there we were just there to listen and watch and attend and it was a really interesting experience to see all of those adults talk about their passion for youth mental health but then I realized that like after that first year I was like it's really interesting and it's a great event and all but I want to talk to adults about my mental health instead of just having adults talk to other adults about teen mental health. And so we decided that we wanted to try to speak at the next Indiana Whole Child Summit. And our junior year, we were able to achieve that. We were the first teenagers to speak at such an event like that. And it was really awesome to have those adults and professionals hear our voices, the teens' voices, talk about their mental health. And so that was something that I'm really proud of us for doing. It was a lot of fun hosting. Like, it was, it was a breakout session is what it was. And it was all about how, like, we view teen mental health and all about mental health from the teen's perspective. And again, it was like a big presentation from our point of view. And then we opened it up to a, a panel um, where anyone in the room could ask us questions. And it was just really cool and a great experience. Did you apply or how did you get to do that breakout session? We were invited. Yeah. You were invited. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what about like the change of mental health excused absence? How did you get that conversation started? Um, like I said before, you know, you inspired us to reach out and meet. Well, we were, I was actually at a pride event at, in Westfield at one of our local parks. And we had been like kind of brainstorming how we would go about this. Okay, maybe we'll email a senator or email this person to try and get a conversation going. And then there ended up being a senator there speaking at the event. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. And kind of when he was done speaking, Senator J.D. Ford, I ran up to him and I was like, hey, like, I have this idea for you I want to talk to you about. And I was talking to him about mental health excuse absences and teen mental health and things like that. And he loved it. He invited us down to the state house to talk more about it, take a tour of the state house and continue that conversation. That's awesome. You took a chance and went up to this. That's fantastic. Ah, there's so many things that you guys are doing as a club in Westfield and the change is very, very evident. Um, you, 
most people are just listening to this podcast, but you two have on these fantastic sweatshirts. Talk about oh, the yes. swag. Like, cause you've had different things over the couple of years. Like how do you yeah. do that at school? Yeah. So we have, I think two variations of club t-shirts that we've done over the past years. Oh, yeah, three, and then now. three now, this is our, our first, our third year of t-shirts just came out a couple of weeks ago. And Annalise and I, at the time of recording, are wearing our Robbie's Hope Club Westfield exec sweatshirts. So we have an amazing intern committee that does our design work. So they kind of work with some upperclassmen to work on different like graphic design skills. And so that's another part of our What are some of the roles that other people have in your club? Like, do you have somebody that just works on social media? Do you have somebody that works on finances? Like, what types of roles do you have? So kind of breaking down our club again, um, we have the president and the vice president, we, and then we have all of our co-founders, obviously, Zoe, Nora, and I are the co-founders of our club, and then we have the president, vice president, um, Zoe is director of school operations, so she's in charge of planning all of our club meetings, all the things going on in the school, um, taking our club's monthly themes and incorporating them into our club, um, spreading awareness through that kind of stuff. Then we have Nora, who is a club liaison and director of, we call it director of affairs. And so she kind of plans all of our group bonding, making sure we're all staying connected, getting to know each other. And she also helps get us connected to other clubs and making sure we're working with other people and kind of branching out to different things like that. And then Elise Menzel, who's our fourth senior, she is design so she runs our social media she has designed most of our shirts all of our flyers all of our posters things like that and then our other two exec members um, who are both sophomores sarah and annika they are community directors and so they reach out to the community and get us in other schools to kind of talk with um staff at like the middle school the intermediate school the elementary schools things like that they help get us connected with them and then we have our three interns this year and so each of those three interns have a role to kind of learn from the exec members and help them with their workload and then ultimately when those exec members graduate or move to a different position they can take up their role and then our sponsors handle all, all of our finances okay is, did you kind of come up with this structure following a different club at school, or did you kind of create this on your own? It's kind of both. Yeah, it's definitely changed throughout the years. It didn't start this way. It started kind of as a model after student government and Dance Marathon, which Dance Marathon is a club that does fundraising for a children's hospital. And so they kind of have a very similar structures where, you know, you have your president, your vice president, your exec members, your interns, and then your committee members, and then there are different committees to work on. Okay. And you've adapted it to what you guys need at your, yeah. for your club. Okay. So you've had two galas, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell me about the gala process and where'd that idea come from? Well, obviously our gala is quite a process. So we have our gala usually the first or second week of May. And we chose May because obviously May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's always been really important for us to have our gala in a time of year that's like really meaningful to mental health specifically. And so more specifically about our gala, we have 
a gala every year at a like meeting space that's like five minutes from the school so it's really close to the school and like where all the students and staff members kind of work and live and so that's why we chose that space and then some other parts of our gala we have different speakers we always try to have a lot of our speakers and musician performances be student-based so that we can have the whole event kind of put on by students and kind of like showcased by the students so like obviously students put on the gala students speak at the gala students volunteer at the gala so something that we're really proud of about the gala is that it's put on by youth and youth who care about mental health. And then some other parts of the gala, we usually have a silent auction, we have catering, and then we usually have some sort of kind of interactive part where people can answer different prompts and speak about different, like more specific areas. But I'll let Annalise yeah. add anything else. And then we also have our wall of hope, which is so fun to put together every year. We, we have a different theme every year. Our first year was kind of like, being the light in the darkness. Our second year was where flowers, oh, where flowers bloom. bloom, so does hope. And then, should we say this year's theme? Yeah, go for it. Um, this hasn't been released, but this year's <laughs> theme is you're not alone in this world. So kind of that theme of like outer space almost and stars and things like that. But again, you're not alone in this world is our theme for this year. But with our wall of hope, it kind of goes with our theme. Our first year, we actually built it out of wood, which was <laughs> quite a process. A, quite but, a process. You know. um, that the that wall is long gone. Yeah, we um, get more efficient every year, so we decided fine. not to do that again. But now we have a reusable banner we can use every year now, and so we can put stuff on it, and take stuff off, and we decorate it for the theme. We have student stories on it. Um, we have your story on it. And then we have an interactive piece on it where whether it's like a prompt or something where students or adults who are attending could be it could be like what makes you happy that was last year's and people can respond and put their responses on the wall. But really how our gala started was our sophomore year. Um, we were what's the word I'm looking for? Someone gave us the opportunity to apply for a grant and we were like, oh, that's really cool. Like let's apply. Um, the limit was 5000 so we're like, let's just go all out. Let's ask for all 5000 Let's see if what we can get. And we ended up getting all $5,000 of the grant. And we're like, oh my goodness, now what do we do with this money? Because it had to be put to very specific use in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And as we were brainstorming, we were like, well, let's do definitely do a community event. Let's do something where we can help people, educate people. And ultimately, we landed on our gala. And then, like Zoe said, we had to put a lot of um, planning into it to get everything organized. Our first year was definitely the most stressful because we were on such a time crunch. But um, ultimately, we made it work, and it's just a really special event. And these are not small events. These galas are quite large. You get, end yeah. up with a lot of people from very <laughs> different areas of your community, which is super cool. Yeah, so usually we have about 200 people. 250. 250. 200 to like 250 people is kind of the event space mm -hmm. cap right now. So we have like that 200 to 250 mark, and that has a lot of different like breakdowns of like ages, jobs, students. So that's something else that we're, we really like about our gala is the like different aspects of our community members that we're able to have there. Student voice, student led, like so fantastic. If you had to give one piece of advice to an ambassador that wanted to start a club, what would it be, Annalise? For me, if I had to give one piece of advice, I think it would be 
you're capable of more than you think. Like you as a student or as whether it's high school, college or wherever you are, you can really do anything. I mean, starting this club, we didn't expect to host a gala. We didn't expect for Jill Biden to come to our school. But, you know, we have a passion for what we're doing and what we believe in and really just follow your passion and you can accomplish so much. It's a great piece of advice. What about you, Zoe? What's your, if you had one piece of advice for an ambassador? I'd say that my advice would be to, this is really simple, but I'd say my advice would be to do it with your friends. So something that I've really appreciated about my process of Westfield Robbie's Hope Club is that I've grown in friendships that I already had before, but I've also started so many new ones. And something that's been really beneficial about Robbie's Hope Club is that like it, like I'm able to kind of work with so many different people. Like I, I decorate the gala, but Annalise is able to like get so many different people at the gala. So like having different people together that have so many different strengths and kind of like growing closer together has kind of been a two-sided thing that I think is really beneficial about like having friendships within your club. Great advice as well. How are you feeling now that you're seniors and like <laughs> it's November and the future of the Robbie's Hope Club at Westfield? What do you, what's it going to, what does that feel like? It's very bittersweet for me. Bitter because I'm going to miss everyone so much. And, you know, I've worked so hard over the years, but it's also just so sweet because I've gotten to see all these underclassmen grow into the positions they have and growing into the positions they're going to have. And they're all such just incredibly wonderful people. And I can't wait to see how they lead when we're gone because there's no question in my mind that they, they're going to do a fantastic job. That's great. What about you, Zoe? I think that like I'm obviously like I'm gonna miss like kind of this whole process that I've been like spent so much of my high school doing but at the same time like I'm excited to see what they do with it like I'm fine if it's kind of they take it in a different direction or they find some new event that they want to put on like I'm excited to see what they decide to do with what we've done so excited for that what do you think Robbie's Hope might look part of your college at all do you think you'll bring some of what you've learned to the next stage? I know you're both going to go to college. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, not you know, not everybody makes that choice, but do you think Robbie's Hope is going to follow you a little bit? I mean, I think that like it's definitely been able to help me. Like it's been able to guide me to what I want to do with my like professional life. And I speak for Annalise and myself is that we've decided to both pursue a psychology for myself and psychiatry for her kind of a mental health kind of career focus and so I will obviously pursue that in college for my major and then I'd like to join some other sort of service club at college so yes I agree with Zoe I think Robbie Sobe is going to follow me the rest of my life I mean it is like I have such a passion for this organization now and so much love for it and what everyone has done over the past couple of years that I want to do as much as I can to keep it going. It's fantastic. We are so proud of you. It's been such a pleasure watching your club and you personally grow over the last few years. Like it's phenomenal. You guys are such leaders and you're going to, you've done great things and you're going to continue to do great things. Um, I could not be prouder. Okay. So I end every podcast with the same question and we'll do this for both of you separately. And Zoe, we'll start with you. 
what does the world need to hear right now? Mm. I would say to be kind. I think that like people are always kind of, or like usually people are going through things that like they're not always sharing with you. So I think that it's always really important to just generally be kind. Like you don't know what someone's going through before they came up to talk to you. So I'd say just be kind. Honestly, I I couldn't agree more with what Zoe said. I mean, I was trying to think of something to say, but I think that really encapsulated. I mean, you really do never know what someone's going through, especially in today's world with so much going on. I think it's just so important we respect one another and just be kind to one another. Awesome. Well, you two, thank you so much for your time this morning. I think you are both very, very kind people, and I, it's just such a pleasure watching you in Westfield, Indiana and the Robbie's Hope Club. Super, super appreciate both of you. And to our listeners, tune in next time and remember, hold on, pain ends.